Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is In Liberty and Health. I got the man, the myth, the legend, Ian Smith here with me today. I heard a rumor that he mixes his protein shakes with liberal tears. <laughs> How you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. Of course not. really appreciate you coming on here. Um, would it be bad for me to say that I think you've probably done more for liberty in the last two years than the Libertarian Party and our former president, Donald Trump? Well, we've certainly tried. You know, that was uh, that was our objective from the beginning. You know, it was never um, it was never about a gym um, as much as it was. It was it was something much bigger than that. The gym was the the vehicle that we were able to kind of drive this uh, movement from. But, you know, it, it was it was always about liberty. Um, and I would certainly say more than the Libertarian Party, uh, as much as I, I do value libertarianism, uh, you know, a lot of people have always asked me, like, why don't you vote libertarian? And it's because the last libertarian I voted for was Ron Paul, um, because he was the only one who was even worth, um, you know, quote unquote, throwing a vote away for. So we've certainly tried. Right. Well, I think you guys have done an absolutely fantastic job. But, um, you know, kind of that being said, I do consider myself a libertarian, but after 2020, if you haven't kind of shaped your worldview around something a little bit more pragmatic and useful, um, I think everybody knows that a majority of Republicans are useless, but there are some coming up that are a consequence of Trump. But as much as I'm not a Trump guy for the fact that he failed every time it came time for him to do something, and he's still out here pumping the vaccine and not speaking out against the biggest issue of our time, lockdowns and vaccine mandates um the the people on the local level are so much more important and i see that you're taking action yourself so what encouraged you to run for congress uh you know i, I think that we have a, a major cultural issue today in in politics and um kind of multifaceted but the uh the easiest way to describe it is that we have career politicians um Fundamentally, you cannot serve your constituents while at the same time always having your eye on the next election and what you need to do and what money you need to raise and what political favors you need to pay back. Um, you know, th this idea that politics is, is now this career field 
um, where a lot of people make an insane amount of money um, and use it as sort of like a catapult into the upper echelons uh, of society is, is flawed. We're not, we keep wondering why we get the same result and it's because we keep picking the same assholes. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's just, it, you're not, it, it's, it, the system won't work like that. You know, it's supposed to be a, a public service. You know, there was a time uh, in this country where people used to serve as their mayor or their town council or even their congressman, um, and they would serve for a few terms, and, and then they would go back to their life because politics wasn't an avenue to gain wealth and power. It was a service. And um, when they were done, then they went and, and did all of the, those other pursuits. You know, you're, you're not, it's just like serving in the army. You know, you don't see people getting filthy rich while doing, you know, their four to eight years or whatever in the service. Um, it's not meant to do that. And when you bring that element into it, the system is going to fail. You know, the, it, it, the founding fathers of this country, you know, one of my favorite stories is the fact that it, it took them almost a year to convince George Washington to come back to Washington, D.C., or excuse me, uh, back to the Capitol at that time mm-hmm. and, and be president because he didn't want to be because it wasn't he had already done his service. He was the you know, he, he fought the Revolutionary War. He was there, uh, you know, during the, um, the Declaration of Independence and all of these things. And, you know, he had done his time and he was going to go back to his life um, and get back to the things that he wanted to do. So until we start looking at it like that we're going to keep having the same problems. So, you know, I've been telling people this for two years now um, or close to, and I realized that I had to kind of put my money where my mouth is because I am in an an unusual circumstance where as an ordinary citizen, I can step up and potentially mount uh, a, a real campaign at a federal level, which part of the cultural problem is that we don't get picked we don't get to pick our candidates. Our candidates typically get picked for us because you don't have the blessing of the establishment. You're just a uh, man or woman who wants to run for Congress. We had a little connectivity issues there, but uh, we still got the fire going here. <laughs> so uh, anyways. So, you know, there was, there was a time um, where politicians were, were, it was viewed as a service. And my favorite story is that of George Washington you know, um, it took them almost a full year to convince him to come be the president because he had done his service to the country and to his community, and he was going to go on with his regular life. And I think that the more that we get back to that, the more we'll see higher quality um, political representatives. And, and we'll get back to that idea of a public servant um, and somebody who serves the wishes of their constituents and their community and not uh, themselves or the people that give them plenty of money to get reelected or the party line that they're supposed to be towing. You know, and I think part of the reason that we don't have those candidates is because we don't really get to pick who our candidates are. Right. Um, very rarely does somebody walk into a primary, especially at the federal level, as an ordinary person without the blessing of uh, either the DNC or the GOP. Right. Um, or have a big platform or whatever it is. It's just not easy. And I, I am in the unusual circumstance where I don't need the blessing of the GOP because I have my own platform. Um, and I, I can do the same thing that we did at Attilus and create a people powered movement where we don't care what the, uh, the GOP says, you know, we're, we're going to run 
um, and we're going to get the votes and we're going to fundraise enough to um, not to beat out uh, in terms of fundraising, but enough to be able to, to fight back. But we're going to launch a grassroots campaign, which is exactly when election should be. Um, and hopefully in doing so, we'll normalize that and we'll, we'll show people the power that they have if they start participating in politics more often um, and, and pay attention to things like the primary, because again, a lot of your voters don't even pay attention to that. So when it comes time to vote, they're just voting for their guy and not the other guy. They haven't really vetted these candidates. Right. Um, you know, so I, again, I'm in, I'm in that unique opportunity where, where I can use what has happened at Attilus uh, to maybe influence the culture of politics. Right. And the, the whole purpose of this channel is to make better libertarians or people who have a political leaning, right? We want to push the message of liberty and health. So yeah. the reason why I think you have such a good chance and why your story is so interesting, you mentioned Ron Paul, but you're in a similar situation, right? Ron Paul birthed thousands of people, right? So this whole community knew who he was and they loved him. They knew him as this old Republican country doctor who's an anti-war guy and who cared about the people, right? Well, they look at you and they see the same exact thing, man. I'm telling you, you know, you're a guy who said, look, we're not putting up with this stuff. This violates our constitution. This violates our rights, our freedom of association, you know, our own private freaking property. You know, you got, that's your place of business. That's how you make a freaking living. That is the most atrocious, yeah. you know, human rights violation I could possibly think of to ever come to this country. And, you know, when people see someone like you sticking up for it, kicking your door down, and it's a beautiful thing. And I think our fathers would be, or our founding fathers would be incredibly proud. And I know Ron Paul, um, you know, would share that same sentiment. So it's, it's great to see that there are people fighting back. Um, how is the legal battle going? Are you still kind of arm wrestling the state? Yeah, so you know the uh, the courts move incredibly slow when you're moving against right. uh, the state, and they also move incredibly fast when you're moving uh, when the state is moving against you. You know, like there were days like during the heat of this battle where Governor Murphy would file a motion in the morning, and we would be in court by the afternoon. It was just incredible. Um, so it's just a slow crawl. You know, this is part of the game that we knew we were going to play. You know, it's a twelve round fight and. They're going to try everything they possibly can to beat you in rounds one through 11. They're going to uh, drag things out financially. They're going to slander you. They're going to drag you through the mud. They're going to try to punish you into submission. Um, so now we're just at like that lull where things are working their way through the courts. It's 30 days for this motion, 30 days for a reply, 30 days for another reply, you know, 30 days for a scheduling hearing, 30 days to schedule. Um, so things just take a while. We wound up in four courts altogether. Um, we have municipal court, we have uh, two state courts, um, and then we have a criminal court. So the three of them are civil court and one is criminal. We were charged with seven counts of criminal contempt of court. We wound up just pleading guilty to one charge each. The question in that court is, did we violate a court order to shut down? And the answer is yes. Um, the, the question isn't in that court isn't, did we violate, uh, or was that court order, order unconstitutional? Uh, we have to take that up with a higher court. And unfortunately, the criminal court didn't want to wait. So um, it wasn't worth us fighting it, you know, just to wind up being guilty or to spend an exorbitant. Trials are very expensive. Right. You're talking $30,000, $40,000 for each of us just for the trial day itself. Um, so it's just not, we only have limited resources in terms of 
funds in terms of energy and in terms of time. So we pled guilty to it. We got one year of probation for the heinous crime of taking our doors off of the hinges uh, to impede the uh, the county sheriff from, from locking it. And mm -hmm. it is what it is. It's not fun um, because that could be some nasty trap that we walk into later being on probation. Um, but, you know, it, we, we work with how it, how it comes to us. Um, you know, we, it, we don't know our way through this. It's just two dumb gym owners trying to figure it out uh, along the way. And we've, we've done a pretty good job of making the right call and knowing where to fight our battles. Uh, the other one, so we are in um, state court, the appellate division. All of the state action that came against us was built off of uh, the executive order, which is just a meaningless piece of paper. Um, all of those municipal citations that we got at the municipal level, there's like 90 of them, ranging from violation of a governor's orders, which is, again, a meaningless charge. It's um, basically like a public nuisance charge. We got uh, disorderly persons charges. We've got all, all sorts of them operating without a business license. Um, they took those two things and they went to a judge and they said, hey, uh, along with a health department shutdown, they said, hey, write a court order to shut them down. That's where all of our trouble came from in the way of fines and, and civil punishment um, because a judge's court order um, is you know, legal, supposed to be legally binding. So we're in the appellate division for that. That's where we got fined, you know, $2.3 million or whatever the ridiculous sum is. That's where they seized our money. You know, that's where they locked our doors. So we're in the appellate division for that. We, uh, we got the court, the corporation was pierced. They moved to pierce the LLC. So Frank and I are responsible for that $2.3 million, um, which at this point is just really monopoly money. Like you're, you're not, you're not going to bleed a stone. Um, right. You know, we, we spend everything that we have in the business and, you know, we just, we don't, we don't own a lot. Um, and that's kind of, it is what it is. It's part of the, part of the strategy is, you know, we just, we put everything we have into this fight. Um, so we're in the appellate division for that, moving slowly. Uh, we're in the appellate division now for suing the township to get our business license back. They revoked our business license with no due process. It's a legal proceeding that is supposed to happen. And they made it a low level administrative hearing, which basically means all due process was thrown out the window. No sworn testimony, no discovery, no cross-examination. Uh, we, 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 we asked them to delay because there was criminal proceedings going on. So we pled the fifth, uh, violated that as well. They wound up taking it when the appellate division for that. Um, and then the big one, uh, is the municipal court, which got kicked down the road over and over and over again, because COVID, because COVID, because COVID, uh, God forbid people do their jobs these days. Um, <laughs> and finally we wound up in another township because we have a, um, a conflict of interest in the township that we're in. So uh, we wound up in front of the head judge of the county um, and she sits in a couple towns over. And honestly, she was the most normal and rational human being that we've come in co contact with in government in two years, if my entire life. Um, she heard our concerns. We haven't had any formal proceedings yet, but we've, we've talked on the record. Um, this is the case that got transferred to them. So the prosecutor in that town is a small town he doesn't even know what to do with this file. Our file looks like a shit sandwich. Um, it's just this atrocious beast of, of paperwork. Um, so he doesn't really know what to do with it. He doesn't know what the state wants to do with it. And the judge seems very open to all of our ideas being heard. We will try the case um, and we will bring forth all of the unconstitutional uh, actions against us, all violations of our rights. It will be a big trial, um, but it'll start at the municipal level. And... Um, 
if we can win there uh, or if that case gets thrown out, that is the linchpin to all of it um, because everything was based on that, that initial action and that kind of just pulls the bottom out from it, um, which would be a great thing. So that's what we have our, our time and energy sort of put into right now, making sure that our, uh, that our arguments are the right ones and that we're, we're going to be bringing them forth the right way. What we've learned about the legal system is that if you don't advocate your own ideas, oftentimes your lawyers will not argue the right things. Uh, and that's no dig at our lawyers, but um, nobody's going to defend yourself like you will. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, Frank, especially, um, but Frank and I spend a lot of time just sort of figuring out what we're going to say and what arguments want to be brought forth. And in the meantime, the gym is open every single day. We just passed 352,000 visits to, this, to the facility. Uh, still no COVID. We have an extensive contact tracing system place, uh, in place that we have kept in place, even though we don't need it. Uh, just to keep racking that number up, we'll probably stop around a million visits or so. Um, but yeah, you know, that's, that was the strategy from the beginning was open the gym at all costs and do not let these people shut us down no matter what they do. So we've already won. Now it's just the icing on the cake. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear that it seems like it's moving forward, but as with anything government, you know, as soon as it gets started, it becomes this amorphous blob that just never stops and doesn't yep. really do anything good for anybody at all. Um, it, it's kind of funny that now the mainstream scientists are starting to kind of turn back around and backpedal a little bit. Um, I don't know if you saw, there's a Johns Hopkins study that came out and said that lockdown saved a whopping total of 4,000 lives. And, and yes. <laughs> you know, what's the collateral damage here? Um, I don't have some of the stats off the top of my head, but I know you're very well informed. But um, the CD or the WHO came out like a year and a half ago saying asymptomatic transmission doesn't happen. Well, we did lockdowns because asymptomatic transmission, right? Um, these asymptomatic is another word for not sick. Yep. <laughs> you know, that's, that. But they that the whole the whole thing was based on trickery and deceit. Mm -hmm. um, it was based on bad science. Um, but yeah, you know the John Hopkins study came out, and it's it's incredible that we have to even study that. I think the average right. person um, using common sense can tell you that we did more harm than good. You know, mm -hmm. I think uh, using just objective information um, and and even just you know uh, information that people come across in their everyday lives. I think it's easy to see that we've done a lot of damage here. Um, anybody who has children, um, your children have suffered greatly. Uh, anybody who's, who's just really a hard worker uh, and wants to get ahead in life has been held back by this. Um, you know, the economy has been just driven off a cliff, honestly. Like somehow it's still standing and still moving. But, you know, here in New Jersey, you know, one third of businesses never, small businesses never reopened. And currently two thirds of all small businesses are uh, either downsizing or planning on, on you know, maybe not making it much longer. Um, and everything, everything that they said was, was a lie. You know, they, right. they made up this idea of asymptomatic. Um, that, that means not sick. You know, like <laughs> you, you don't go to the doctor and say like, uh, I, I have body aches and, um, or, or, you know, you don't go to the doctor and say, I think I have the flu. And, th and they say, how, how, you know, how do you know? And you just say, I don't, you know, they're going to ask you like, well, do you have body aches? You know, mm -hmm. do you feel very tired, uh, loss of appetite, loss of smell? Um, you know, again, if you go, if you go um, to the, 
to any doctor. If, if you go into the ER and say, I'm having a heart attack and they ask you what's wrong you say nothing. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's, it's the, it was, it was the media machine just at work, you know, just hammering these bullshit ideas uh, into people's heads, you know, ratcheting up the fear. I'm sure you remember in the beginning, they were showing bodies dropping in the streets in China and like body bags outside of like, you know, hospitals. And they were rolling footage that like looked like a, you know, a, a, a hospital in a, a, a war movie. You know, it right. was just, it was absolutely theatrics. And um, they've done, they've done a tremendous amount of damage. And I, I honestly, I think it was intentional. Um, I don't, I don't think that you can be this stupid, um, to get it this wrong. I really don't, you know, people, that aggravates you. They're like, Oh, Joe Biden's so stupid. Or like, you know, Nancy Pelosi or whoever their politician is left or right Mm -hmm. that they don't like. And it's like, these people are not stupid. Like that's to think that is very stupid because they're very smart people and it's, it's all theater. Um, and, and just as many Republicans, uh, Almost as many Republicans are guilty of this political theater uh, that we've seen over the past two years as there are Democrats. You know, the Democrats tend to get villainized a little bit more, you know, but I'm of the belief that the Republicans are the professional losers uh, of this game, you know, and they, they, they all, but they, they, they do, they always come up short. You know, Mm -hmm. what, what has the conservative movement conserved uh, over the past 10, 20, 30, 40 years? What do we conserve? We haven't conserved anything. They've given up the ground. structures of leftists. True. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah, they've conserved the status quo of, of of you know establishment politics. If anything, mm-hmm. good answer because that's the only one. Right. Um, you know, and that's it, it's just it's it's sickening to watch because we are getting played. Um, left, right, black, white, young, old. Um, you know lower lower income middle income you know even even what no, most of us consider you know upper echelons of income yeah. we're all getting played um and we've been getting played and it's got to come to a stop because it's it's just gotten to the point of absurdity like if you watch these people um just, like just the way they 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 carry out or they carry on you know like I, I was watching something earlier of nancy pelosi giving a press conference she just walks away when she's done talking um, like when she, when she no longer wants to answer tough questions, she just like, like just puts her mask on and like yeah. walks away. Um, and these people are just not accountable. Right. Um, and it's, it's high time that, that we change that, and it, but it, it does start at the local level. It starts with the average man, average woman, you know, starting to get, get their eyes on what's going on. And, and, and for now, I, I, I truly feel like people need to be living and breathing politics every every moment of every day i hope it's hope it's not always like that um but to get this thing moving in the other direction where we want it to go um we we need that we need people to not be afraid to talk politics uh everywhere uh and not be afraid to stand up for the right thing um you know we we saw so much compliance uh by people who didn't even believe the COVID narrative yep uh, over the past two years and, and that was like maddening for us you know we would have people come to the gym a lot and, and you know don't misinterpret it you know we appreciate the support but people would come to the gym and like you know buy a t-shirt and, and support us and be like thank you so much for doing this you know i'm a small business owner and i'm 
you know, my business is closed. And I'm like, don't, I, I don't want you to thank me. I want you to go open your fucking business. <laughs> um, and, and that's, you're starting now to see it. It's, it's finally starting to click with people. And I think you're seeing um, a, a mass sort of awakening under, especially under the last nine, 10 months with Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. Um, they have just like ratcheted up the crazy um, and, and everybody's starting to see it now. Right. It's a real emperor has no clothes moment. And over the last two years, when, you know, you print trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars, and now you have inflation rampant, people go to the store, they can't afford to buy groceries, their bills are going up, you can't afford to buy a freaking car anymore. Um, Everything you need to do is that much more difficult. People are pissed. People are livid. Every restaurant you go to, nobody wants to work. The labor force participation rates down at like 62%. So where, where are these 38% of people? We paid them so handsomely not to go to work. So why the hell are they going to go back to work? You got no reason to. You got paid to stay home. Um, Ian, you've been mm-hmm. very, very generous with your time. And I'm very, very grateful you were able to do this. Um, I got two questions I ask every guest before we rock and roll out of here. Um, sure. We'll throw the first one at you. What does liberty look like to you? Liberty looks like the ability for people uh, to live together or in proximity to one another um, and exist peacefully um, with the notion that each person respects the choices um, of the next man or woman as they would want their own choices to be respected. Um, and obviously that, that goes with the um, thou shalt do no harm uh, tenement. You know, it, it's, you can't just say do whatever you want. But um, nobody should have the ability to regulate one another's behavior, uh, beliefs, choices, um, and actions, so long as that individual is not directly impacting your life. I agree completely, and that was a beautiful way to put it. And the second question is, what does health look like to you? Uh, Health looks like freedom for me. You know, uh, health looks like control. (laughs) You know, we, um, we live in a crazy, crazy world. And um, it's a crazy thing to be alive. And um, however you believe you got here, whether it's God or science or somewhere in between the two, um, you, are, you are blessed to be a living, breathing human being. And health is about understanding um, and connecting with your body and learning to make the most of, of that gift that you've been given. You know, and, and sadly, not enough of us do that. You know, that was... That was why I got into health in the first place, because I lived the first 20 years of my life um, not really giving a crap about my health, um, or at least not much, not giving it much thought. And, um, you know, and I had an incident where um, I, I probably should have passed away and I didn't. And, I, and that, that gave me a little bit of a wake up call. And I, I became fascinated with uh, the idea of pushing my limits uh, and learning what I was truly capable of and how I could use my body um, and nourish my body and the amazing things that I could do with it. Health is an infinite um, exploration into um, something that if you're lucky, you'll understand just a small percentage of. Yeah. And I completely agree. And I think, um, I can't remember what somebody said, but I, I think I said something to the degree of, I think everybody throughout this pandemic, if they pushed, pulled, and swung kettlebells until they puked, we'd be a lot better off. It was at least once or twice a week. <laughs> that is absolutely true. You know, it's um, t- 
to be honest, uh, my my buddy said it uh, recently in one of his podcasts. Uh, Andy Frisella was was saying, you know, it, they were talking about something else. How somebody was screaming. At, there was a video that they were dissecting. I think um, of this uh, big woman um, who who clearly um, has quite a bit of extra weight on her, screaming at somebody to put a mask on because they were putting their health at risk. Right. Um, and and he said to the point, you know, he's like, if you know, it's not about if you're overweight or unhealthy or not. It's about the fact that you've had two years to do something about it and you've chosen not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you want to place that responsibility upon somebody else. Right. You know, and it's the the state of health that we uh, we see today is a direct result of the standard that most people hold themselves to. Um, and government, just like you said earlier, doesn't ever really do anything for anybody. They haven't encouraged that. They've also had two years to educate the public uh, to help out about getting people healthier and push, pull, swing some kettlebells. It, it is definitely not rocket science, um, but they didn't do that. And uh, I think that that tells your tells you their intentions quite a bit. Absolutely. And I've probably done close to two hours worth of podcast reviewing all of the science. I'm sure you're well aware of it too, that COVID does disproportionately affect the obese. Um, your fat cells serve as a reservoir for disease. So, you know, take care of yourself, man. I, I know plenty of people who got severely sick with COVID. I know a guy who died from COVID that I work with. But, I mean, these were all people who were incredibly unhealthy, and they had two years since this thing started to kind of start taking care of themselves, and they failed to do that. And I'm not looking down my nose at these people because I was unhealthy too at one point. But, you know, at what point do you decide this is my responsibility? I'm going to do everything I can to make myself a little bit better. You don't got to be shredded, but you can do a little bit better. We all can. Um, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that that goes on, on the idea of liberty. You know, liberty is also about um, – self-accountability, you know, and, and there's a, there's a reason that there's a large portion of the population that wants to be governed, mm-hmm. um, because they, they don't want to be self-accountable. So if you're interested in liberty, you're interested in, in the personal accountability, uh, that comes with that. And, and I think that's something that we need to start teaching more, um, is that, that idea, no matter how quote unquote politically incorrect your, your statement just may have been to some people, it's a, nonetheless, it is a correct statement. And um, it's about high time we start speaking like that and, and getting those ideas out there. Right. And, you know, it's it's very, very sad that our public health establishment, you know, completely dropped the ball on this one because this was perhaps the greatest chance to inform people like, hey, you just really got to take care of yourself. Like I said, you ain't got to be, you know, looking like Ronnie Coleman. But if you could just lose a couple pounds, then yeah. you'll be doing much better. Um, Ian, where can everybody find you? You can follow me on social media, Ian Smith Fitness. That is Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and if you're interested in checking out our congressional platform, that is iansmithforcongress.com. Uh, website's being built out. We have just a landing page with an email list right now. But uh, we'll have a full platform up on there talking about policies and talking about not only uh, what we want to do, but how we want to get it done, as well as volunteer opportunities, updates, and stuff like that. Uh, heading forward, and you can always follow the gym at theattilisgym.com. That's A-T-I-L-I-S. Uh, that's where you'll find all the updates about the gym. We do blog posts, uh, writing in detail about what's going on with the legal stuff. There's merchandise on there. And, and uh, of course, if you're ever in the area, come on, come on by the, the, uh, the Attilis Gym. We're open seven days a week, uh, and we certainly won't be closed. 
Awesome. Well, it's great to hear. Um, I'm just one state over from you, but, uh, you know, if I'm ever out in Jersey, I would love to uh, bang as many deadlifts until we could throw up and, uh, you know, rock and roll to a church area or something like that, man. You have a spot awesome. here on this podcast anytime. I fully endorse you. And um, I think anybody, you know, who is libertarian leaning, right leaning, and anybody who's just sick of this shit should feel the same way and should absolutely endorse you. So um, one more time, I just want to thank you for coming on. And uh, until next time, everybody, take care. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.